Welcome to the Spot Actor Podcast. I'm Dr. Trevor Cates. Today we're talking about the skin microbiome and eczema. At least 32 million Americans are estimated to have eczema. I personally had eczema as a child and know how much the skin condition can impact your life. The itching, the embarrassing rashes kept me up all night. This is what led me on my path to help others with natural solutions for skin. So whenever I hear about a natural option for people suffering with eczema, especially when it has some science and research behind it, I'm curious to learn more. So that's why I asked today's guest to come on the Spot Doctor podcast. My guest today is Sky. Stein, who holds an MBA from Harvard Business School and a BA from Duke University and leads Glad Skin USA, a biotech-driven skincare brand. He has a really interesting story personally that led him into the microbiome space, which he does share during the interview. And also in the interview, we discuss the gut-skin connection, all about the skin microbiome, and Skylar shares some research in the skin microbiome space that has led to topical skin care to support people with eczema. Now, we know that the inside-out approach is important as well as what we put on our skin. So please enjoy this interview. Skylar, welcome to the Spot Doctor podcast. It's great to have you on. Thank you for having me, Dr. Cates. Yeah, so you have an interesting story I'd love for you to share to start, which got you interested in one of my very favorite topics to talk about, which is the skin microbiome. <laughs> and But you started with an, an MBA from Harvard and things took a turn and led you down the path to the microbiome space. So don't you tell everybody about your, your journey. The story actually begins in my undergrad when I was at Duke University. I started studying genomic sciences. I was really interested in science and how that, you know, the implications for society of the new emerging genomic sciences ultimately shifted that focus to energy and the environment while I was at Duke because uh, I saw so much, the systems were so unsustainable and they had to change and there was going to be so much opportunity to go along with that change. So I brought that major and focus uh, in energy and the environment to my first, to my career after graduating where I <clears throat> worked in finance, uh, in investment banking and in venture capital and private equity, really identifying new uh, renewable energy and alternative technologies and commercializing them and bringing them um, to life. Um, and then I decided to go back to Harvard uh, to get my MBA. And about three weeks in, I started feeling really lousy. Um, I was fatigued. Uh, I couldn't concentrate or focus. I was having trouble remembering words. I knew I had been completely healthy my entire life. And I just knew I wasn't feeling like myself. So I went to a number of different doctors. After seeing about six doctors, someone tested me for Lyme disease and that came back positive. Um, and so I took a medical leave from Harvard, moved back to San Diego where I'm from <clears throat> and started treatment. Uh, treatment for Lyme disease involves lots of antibiotics. So I was essentially taking four to five antibiotics for four to five months straight, uh, really not understanding the consequences or the collateral damage that that would cause. Um, I started researching more and more about the impacts that antibiotics have on the body and discovered the microbiome. This was back in 2014. And it was a 
really when the microbiome space was really starting to take off. There were some really exciting studies that were coming out in mice and in humans showing that the microbiome affects everything from not just, not just healthy digestion, but everything there are links to many chronic conditions, neurodegenerative, um, um, obesity, mental health, um, really you name it, there's a new study coming out every day showing the connection between the microbiome and those health conditions. And I was, I was completely fascinated by this. Luckily, San Diego is a hub of microbiome research. Um, there's the Craig Venter Institute. Um, he's the guy who first uh, sequenced the human genome. Um, and UCSD, which has developed a microbiome institute with some of the leading researchers in the world there. And so I actually decided to do an N of one study on myself, tracking my microbiome weekly uh, for a year. Um, and the results just fascinated me. Um, I can share, a, I can, for those, um, for those listening, I have this chart that shows um, yep, I have this chart that shows weekly how the different types of bacteria changed through different medicines I was taking, through different uh, supplements I was taking, through different uh, diets uh, and alternative treatments. And I could over time correlate the health of my microbiome with how I was actually feeling. And it was such a light bulb for me. Um, you know, I'd read these studies and I was, I was, I thought this was fascinating, but when I really saw the data correlate to my own health, I decided this is really a space that I want to dedicate the next, the next chapter of my career and my life to. Uh, so I went back to Harvard. I, I, I healed fully from the Lyme disease. I went back to Harvard. And then I went to uh, finish my MBA at Harvard and went to join uh, Obvious Ventures, which is a venture capital fund started by some of the founders of Twitter um, to, that focuses on world positive investing. And I went there to focus on similar to what I was doing in the energy space, but finding microbiome technologies and the opportunity to commercialize them. Uh, so while I was at Obvious Ventures, um, I spent all of my time talking to as many researchers, academics, uh, startups that were focused on microbiome sciences to improve human health. And as part of that process, I really focused in on the skin microbiome space. Um, there's a lot of work done in the gut microbiome, um, but there was, there was less attention at the time on the skin microbiome and the science was clear that it is as important to our skin health as our uh, gut microbiome is to the rest of our health. Um, so I, through that process, I met the team at Gladskin. Uh, they're based in uh, the Netherlands uh, near Amsterdam. And uh, yeah, I, just, I saw what they were doing. They showed me their research. They showed me their results. And they were leaps and bounds ahead of any other player who I had talked to in the space and decided to join them full time to bring that technology to the United States. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for sharing this. And, and thank you for sharing this slide. Before you close out of this, for those people that are watching the video, um, can you 
explain what exactly we're looking at here. Like what sure. are the different colors? And then it looks like you, you two were taking antibiotics, then you took antifungals and then maybe you did some travel. Is that what we're yeah. seeing here? Yes. So um, I start at the beginning of this chart. You can see um, that kind of the, for the first three bars, uh, this is when I was on uh, heavy antibiotics. Essentially, 80 to 90 percent of my entire microbiome was made up of one type of back, uh, antibiotic resistant bacteria. So, you're naturally, when you're taking antibiotics over a long period of time, you're naturally breeding more and more. And, you know, all that survives are the antibiotic resistant bacteria and they continue to thrive. So it was actually the type of bacteria is called enterobacter, uh, which can cause, you know, lots of problems. And I was, and I was feeling it with my symptoms then, um, through taking all the antibiotics, um, I, it, by killing all the bacteria, it allowed the, the fungus that naturally lives in your gut in a healthy balance. It caused that to allow to overgrow because the bacteria weren't there to keep the fungus in check. And so, you can see in the next chapter where it says antifungals, when I took those, it essentially allowed, once we reduced the amount of the fungals, we could increase the amount of healthy bacteria back into my gut. Into an, so it was a, looked like a more naturally healthy balance. Over the next six months or so with these blue charts, uh, that's essentially a healthy bacteria, uh, different types of healthy bacteria that are starting to repopulate in my gut. Um, to make me more help, uh, more healthy. Um, fortunate around Thanksgiving, I went, took a family trip to Mexico, uh, to Cabo, drank the water. And what was interesting is it caused complete eradication of all the progress I had made over the prior six months. And that same bacteria, that same antibiotic resistant bacteria that had grown when I was taking all the antibiotics, it allowed that to really come back and thrive, um, which was fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, and my microbiome looked different actually going forward from the impact that Mexico had. Um, I then um, I saw an Ayurvedic practitioner who prescribed to me uh, a three-day cleanse of kanji water. And I can tell more about what that is, but it's essentially different Ayurvedic spices with overcooked rice. And I just drank the water from that for three days. And you can really see over those three days um, this healthy bacteria coming back and repopulating. So it was essentially a way to selectively feed the healthy bacteria in your gut. And for me, this was such, this was such a, a, a turning point in the light bulb for me that, you know, the microbiome really is the missing link between some alternative Eastern therapies and Western science. Now that we have the technologies to really measure what these um, alternative treatments and you know uh, the effects they really have um, and so it's a way to really quantify the impacts there yeah fantastic so the pink that we see in the graph there that yep. was repopulate or it looks like it was present a little bit after the antifungals and then it, it became much more pro uh, prolific um, what what um, what is that Yep. So those, that's called a bacterioides. It's generally healthy bacteria found in many people's uh, microbiomes. People, generally people who are healthy um, have um, a, a large portion of their microbiome uh, with bacterioides. Uh, 
uh, type of bacteria. And so after that, that kanji Ayurvedic uh, cleanse that I did, it became a permanent part of my microbiome going forward from that date. So even though I still wasn't on it, 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 um, it created an environment that made it healthy for that type of healthy bacteria to continue to grow. Okay, very cool. And then what kind of test was this that, that you did? Yes, so this is a, um, uh, this is essentially a test where they sequence all of the, all of the bacteria that are in um, your microbiome. So okay. it's called, it's called a 16S, um, it's called a 16S test and it allows you to um, look at the 16S gene on each of the bacteria, which gives you a good idea of the taxonomy of that gene. Right. Okay. And, and this is, this is the gut microbiome, not the skin microbiome. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Just want to clarify. And this also doesn't include, um, uh, fungi which are also part of the, um, right, this is just the bacteria, this is not fungi. So it would have been interesting to see what happened after the antifungals to the, um, the balance of those. Absolutely, this is just focused on the bacteria, but you can see the impact that the antifungals, which don't directly have impact on bacteria, but you can see indirectly what happened to the bacteria by taking them. And so it would have been fascinating to see the antifungal data as well, but you, I think this also paints a pretty clear picture um, of what was happening there. So let's go talk more about the skin microbiome because you were just talking about a bit about the gut microbiome, but let's talk about the skin microbiome. Now I've talked to my audience, some they know um, in my book, I clean skin from within, I talk about the skin microbiome and the gut microbiome, how it connects to it. So what, tell us what, you know, kind of a little bit about your understanding of the skin microbiome and what fascinates you so much about it. Yeah. So, um, it's the every it's widely known now that a healthy balance of bacteria in your gut is required to be healthy. I think most people in the U.S. understand that people understand probiotics and understand a healthy balance in the gut, uh, but there's been way less focus on the skin microbiome. But when you tell people that your skin works the exact same way as your gut and it also needs a healthy balance of bacteria in order to be healthy. It's a light bulb that makes off that is just so intuitive uh, for so many people um, to really understand. Um, we've completely, you know, we've over time, we've completely disregarded the skin microbiome. Uh, we've been taught that we're dirty and we need to scrub it clean and to, disin you know, to essentially disinfect it um, every single day. And by doing that, we're, we, we create an environment that's unhealthy. It's essentially like taking antibiotics for your gut every day, every day. It doesn't create an environment for those healthy bacteria uh, to be able um, to thrive. We also know that different parts of the body are colonized with different types of bacteria, depending on the environment uh, that, they're, that they're in. And actually, you know, someone's, you know, different people's forehead to forehead is more common than my own forehead to the back of my knee. Um, in terms of what the skin microbiome uh, looks like there. Um, more and more research is showing that um, it's, been, it's been known that there's been connection between the skin microbiome, the types of bacteria that live on the skin, and different types of skin, inflammatory skin conditions for a long time. 
Um, it's, it was taught in medical school that, you know, the microbiome is a really, skin microbiome is really a reflection of what's happening of the disease on the skin. So it's a symptom. So it's like a symptom of what is cause of, of the actual disease. There's more and more evidence coming out now that the skin microbiome is actually the cart pulling the horse where it's the, it's the imbalance in the skin microbiome that's really the driving force that's causing um, these different types of inflammatory skin conditions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what you're saying about what you said about hygiene, I just going to take a moment on that. I really want to emphasize that because I do think that for, for so long and still for many people, when someone has a skin problem like acne or eczema, psoriasis, like a lot of dermatitis, a lot of these things, people will think, oh, that means my skin is dirty and I just need to clean it more. Mm -hmm. I need to use more cleansers and soaps and, and, they, and that's actually further disturbing, disrupting, damaging the, the skin microbiome instead of moving it in the right direction, right? Absolutely. It's like instead of if there's a invasive weed in the rainforest instead of carefully weeding out the one problem weed essentially what we're doing is we're burning the whole rainforest down and hoping that it comes back completely healthy and diverse um but as you but because there's less tree you know because there's less flora and fauna and all those symbiotic relationships there when you burn everything down it really creates an environment for the bad pathogenic invasive species to take a hold without the protective um, species to keep them in check. Right. Absolutely. So, um, and you know, antibiotic resistance and all of that as well comes into play when we um, are using topical antibiotics or even oral antibiotics, right? Absolutely. And um, specifically what's um, within eczema or topic dermatitis, which is a condition that affects about 30 million um, Americans, up to 20% of children. There was uh, an article put forth by Heidi Kong at the NIH that shows that bef right before a eczema flare-up happens, there is this signature microbiome imbalance that precedes it for the vast majority of people. And that it wasn't until the microbiome healed that then allowed the flare to resolve, um, which is a really um, fascinating piece of research that has caused many, many more skin microbiome researchers to dive deeper into really what's happening here. Yeah, yeah. I started going to some of the microbiome conferences, uh, uh, skin microbiome conferences a few years ago. I mean, we've been talking about the gut microbiome and naturopathic. Uh, medical school I started learning about there and uh, but the skin microbiome has been a little bit newer and certainly it became very interesting as I was going to the conferences and I realized there is so much we still don't know and uh, that we're still learning about the skin microbiome and it's super complex and I think a lot of times people are are quick to jump to this assumption that the gut microbiome is going to be similar to the skin microbiome, at least the general public. So whatever's good for the gut microbiome must be good for the skin microbiome to put on it topically. So people are you know, using products or bacteria that are in the gut on the skin, but that's not gonna really help, right? 
Right. I think there's a lot of companies that, for example, will put lactobacillus yogurt extracts, which lactobacillus is a really healthy bacteria for the gut, but doesn't naturally exist or live on our skin. And um, not all probiotics are created equally. It's really important what exactly you're applying to your skin, uh, especially depending on the, um, the problem that you're experiencing. So it's definitely not a one size fit all. It's so complex and the more we're researching, the more we're learning how much we don't know um, about it. Yeah, and so the challenges with the skin microbiome and using a topical on, on the skin, because I was so excited about it initially, I thought, okay, well, I'm gonna do some research and start adding probiotics to mm -hmm. my skincare products. Mm -hmm. And then I started like, okay, it's not that simple because first of all, the bacteria are so different and they vary, like you said, from one person to the next, from one part of your body to the next. Mm -hmm. and it varies so widely. And then you have to, so if you, even if you identify an organism, how are you going to make sure that it stays alive mm -hmm. in the topical in a way that's going to actually provide benefit rather yes. than just you know, being on the label? Then you also have to deal with the FDA regulations of no live bacteria are supposed to be living in a skincare product. <laughs> so it was, I realized, okay, this is way complicated. Maybe um, I need to take a step back here, but it sounds like, Glad Skin is one of the few companies, and I, you know, there are a few, um, you know, emerging that are doing getting getting to the to to the real the science on this and figuring out some solutions for people, and especially it looks like Glad Skin is is his focus on eczema on atopic dermatitis, right? Absolutely, that's where we're that's where we're starting. Um, we see tremendous results with our Glad Skin product uh, for people with eczema. But it's really about, um, our view, it's about two things, keeping the bad pathogenic bacteria levels down as low as possible and keeping the healthy ones up. So sometimes just applying a probiotic will, will help with the um, healthy bacteria. But if there is a problem bacteria on your skin that's really causing inflammation, that's really irritating things, if you don't get rid of that, you're not going to solve the problem. And so Gladskin uses what is called endolysin technology in science. This has been available in Europe um, for about five years now. Uh, Gladskin's been sold there. We've helped over hundred, we've helped hundreds of thousands of people uh, in Europe with that technology. And we just launched Gladskin in the US uh, in January. Um, so we're just getting started and really focusing on educating about why endolysins are different and how it's it's really a different category and approach overall of treating it compared to anything else that's really available in the US. Yeah, amazing. And so can you explain what is different about people with eczema atopic dermatitis than everyone else? Yep. So with people with atopic dermatitis, there's a particular uh, species of bacteria called staph, called staph, staph aureus, which is commonly known as staph. And um, there's difference between people who are colonized with it, meaning you have it on very low levels versus a full-blown staph infection. And it's in the, traditionally, it's been thought that as long as it's not class, it doesn't look like a classical infection, 
there's nothing you should really do about it. Antibiotics should really be spared for the times that it's a full-blown infection. But what the research is showing now is that the vast majority, over 80% of people with eczema are colonized with this bacteria, even if it's not at clinically clinical levels where it's called a, um, an infection, but it can be causing inflammation all along the way. And so, and typically, you know, previously, doctors were only told to treat it if it was classified as an infection. Um, so, GladSkin really focuses on balancing that skin microbiome at the core before things get out of control, even if it's not showing up as, as an infection. So, okay, so what, can you explain a little bit more about how this really helps? I mean, going a little bit deeper into how exactly this helps people with eczema. Yep. So, like I meant, the, uh, the Heidi Kong article that I mentioned that showed that, showed that um, the microbiome balance precedes an eczema flare, and then the microbiome balance heal needs to heal before the flare can heal. Uh, so, GladSkin takes the approach of constantly monitoring and balance, keeping that microbiome balanced. So um, it, um, so that flare um, to kind of produce the likelihood of flares from happening and to help them to resolve quicker by really focusing on the microbiome first. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, great. And so what are some of the other things that you guys um, have found with the skin microbiome and ways that help um, people with eczema. Yep. So um, we found that, you know, the vast majority of skincare products in the U.S. are packed are packed with preservatives. You know, we think about preservatives as something to keep our product fresh and so that it can stay on the shelf longer and so we can have a longer life. But preservatives are really broad spectrum antibiotics that kill bacteria. And so every day that we're applying skincare products with preservatives, we are putting those broad spectrum antibiotics on our skin. And um, the preservatives are really important for the way most skincare products are produced because it helps keep the product safe. Uh, it helps keep consumers safe to make sure that there aren't um, unhealthy problem-causing bacteria inside the bottle, especially products that you kind of dip your fingers into every day. It's a way of keeping the product clean without kind of infecting it every day. Um, so, but those preservatives can be really irritating for people. It's, it's the similar uh, line of thinking is right now with COVID and everybody is constantly washing their hands, constantly disinfecting their hands. And more and more people are seeing sensitive, you know, their skins are getting more sensitive. There's more eczema type flare-ups from the overuse of those products. And all those products are doing is killing the skin microbiome, which otherwise keep your hands healthy. So it's really the, the awareness of it and the importance of the skin microbiome is becoming more and more obvious um, to people. So long story, long answer to, to your question, but it's about using products that both can preserve the healthy bacteria that naturally are growing on your skin and minimizing the, the pathogenic bad problem causing bacteria. 
Great. And so what are some of the research you all done? Now you, you have, um, you can make claims on the product. So obviously you've done some research on this. Um, yes, we've done um, a lot of, you know, uh, we've done a lot of research. Uh, Microos, the biotech company that developed this is hundred person uh, biotech company in Europe. We've done a tr tremendous amount of research. Uh, we've, uh, <clears throat> um, there was a uh, double-blinded placebo-controlled trial of uh, in Europe uh, with Gladskin, and it showed um, that there was a uh, roughly eighty percent reduction in doctor-reported flare-ups uh, compared to the product that did not have. Um, the Gladskin technology inside of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's great to see that, you know, people with eczema, it's, I mean, I had eczema as a child and um, my uh, daughter started developing it too when she, when she was younger. And it certainly it's, it's uh, once it starts and you get that flare up, it just gets harder to manage. And it's nice to know that there are things that, um, you know, can help with calming it down naturally. I know with my daughter, for a while, she was starting to really get it on her hands. And mm -hmm. what we realized is that at school, the soap that they use that, that, and the dispensers was really irritating her skin. The more she would use it, the worse her eczema get. Like it started to get better over the weekend when she was home, she'd go back to school and I'd come back. So I actually have my compounding pharmacy <laughs> make a, um, a, a natural, um, a, hand wash for and she started using that instead of taking it to school with her and using that instead and, and that that helped of course also uh she has a a gluten sensitivity and so she eats mm -hmm. any gluten at all she gets a flare-up of eczema so that was another thing that we to work on from the inside out and helping her gut microbiome but it is um it, i definitely know it's challenging if people are looking for options besides topical steroids and the conventional treatments which can calm the flare-up initially, but it's, it's not a long-term solution. And it's certainly not the best solution either. If you can find other things to help um, soothe the skin, support the skin microbiome, it's certainly a healthier approach. And it's certainly more of a naturopathic approach from my perspective of, you know, helping support the body to heal itself. The body's very wise when just given the right tools, it can recreate balance and, and good health. Absolutely. You know, these eczema is a chronic skin condition. And so we need tools and medicines that align with the chronic nature of the condition. Steroids are fantastic over a two week period, but it's really a band-aid for those two weeks, for those two week periods without getting to the root of what's really driving, um, really driving the disease. Skylar, it's been so interesting having you on, and I love your personal story. Thank you for sharing your personal story at the beginning, and what led you to to um, to Gladskin and and all of the research and things that they're doing there. And um, so, tell everyone where they can find you, learn more about um, the the solutions that you all have. Yes, um, you can come check us out at Gladskin.com. Um, we can purchase the product directly from there. We, if it doesn't work for any reason, we offer a no questions asked guarantee to make sure that everybody is happy. And um, 
yeah, we're, thank you for so much for having me um, on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Okay. I hope you enjoyed this interview today with Skylar Stein. And if you'd like to have more information about Glad Skin, you can go to thespotdoctor.com, go to the podcast page with their interview, and you'll find the information there. And, and they have generously offered a discount for people who'd like to try out the, the products. And I, I don't make any commissions. I don't make any money from the sale of this product. I have no association with this product. I just heard about it. thought it was very interesting. And I love hearing things that people are doing innovative in this especially in the skin microbiome space because it's so near and dear to my passions so while you're at the spotdoctor.com i encourage you to join the spot doctor family so you don't miss every upcoming shows and information you can also take the skin quiz to find out what messages your skin might be trying to tell you about your health including the, the skin microbiome and how much that might be playing a role in the health of your skin you can go to the skin quiz quiz.com to take that online quiz. Also, I invite you to join the Spot Doctor on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Pinterest. And I'll see you next time on the Spot Doctor podcast.